Today is uh, one of those uh, days when the term fog of war, I guess, would apply, right? We're in the fog of war. We've got a lot to figure out, or we'll try to at least, and I'm glad you're here. And you can join the show at 210-599-5555. Also feels, uh, I don't know about you, but last several days, last couple of weeks have felt like just you never know what's next. Like we're this is there's no telling. Lids have been taken off of jars and boxes, and we don't know what's coming out. And and you just don't know what's next. And um, you, oftentimes this is the way people feel right before an election. But we're really not right before an election. You know, we're pretty far away from one. So uh, two big stories today: the um, Israel Hamas war and. Uh, a mass casualty event at a hospital in Gaza. Uh, they are saying that 500 people have been killed. Uh, it is a scene of complete chaos and disaster. Uh, Hamas has said that Israel hit the hospital, and they're calling it an act of genocide. The Israelis are saying it was a Hamas barrage of rockets, one or more of which misfired, there is a long history of that. These are often not sophisticated uh, devices. Uh, oftentimes, and many times in the past, they have gone astray or landed on Gazan territory instead of in Israel, though they were meant for Israel. So there is a precedent for that. And so the Israelis are saying, we, we can't prove it, but we think that's what it is, and we would not target a hospital. And it certainly defies belief or explanation as to why Israel uh, at this moment with President Biden literally on his way, uh, why would they hit a hospital? So I don't know and, and nobody knows, but I mean it, it that that doesn't logically add up and um, the propaganda value and the immediate sort of claiming of the high moral ground uh, by the the Palestinians would seem to, uh, it leads me to think that that they are trying to turn this into a plus. They made a mistake. Uh, it was actually Islamic Jihad, according to the Israelis, that fired the rockets, which is a terrorist group within uh, Gaza, and seems to me like they're trying to turn this into something that benefits uh, them. Uh, last night there was uh, an incident at New York University where students supporting Israel a group called Students Supporting Israel, uh, videoed and then posted on X um, video of other NYU students uh, gleefully tearing down posters uh, that have been put up, and we've seen these all over the world. These are the posters of the missing people from the kibbutzes in Israel, so mothers and grandmothers and babies and children and families who were taken or who are missing these posters were put up by students in support of Israel. They were ripped down by students uh, who oppose Israel. And the students for Israel have complained to the administration saying, we feel unsafe, this is unsettling, NYU needs to condemn terrorism, there need to be consequences for these anti-Semitic actions. Obviously, all across the country, on college campuses, we're seeing um, not only these kinds of actions, but we're seeing students take statements and take stands 
um, that are bewildering and infuriating. Harvard's getting a lot of attention because obviously it's Harvard. And a lot of those Harvard students that signed a letter of support for Hamas have retracted that support, but they've retracted it because some of them are now worried about their careers. It doesn't strike me that they retracted it because they came to their senses or they got wiser or they read up or they are, are, are rethinking, but they're, they're realizing that somebody might hold this against them. And there are actually people in academia and in the corporate world uh, that are saying, look, let's not hire uh, people who sign letters of support for Hamas or are apologists for this kind of atrocity. And I've been thinking about this, and, and I want to tie in, because I think, I think we should maybe not be so surprised by what we're seeing. Remember during the pandemic how fast there were people who were lording over everyone else, their mask wearing, and how how gleefully and enthusiastically they endorsed kind of the, the, the attacking of people that didn't want to wear masks or weren't wearing masks. They should be fired. They should be expelled from our midst. They should be expelled from universities they shouldn't be uh, allowed to uh, do anything and I'm not talking about the government I'm talking about our fellow citizens who were reveling in this power and this superiority because they had a mask on it was a very telling moment I mean we learned about people we learned about psychology and, and we learned among other things that for some people putting on a mask is putting on an identity of superiority that they are now better than than everybody else, and they can now make and dictate orders to everybody else. We saw it, right? We saw the videos of, of complete nobodies uh, going up to other people in stores and public places and, and hectoring them about not wearing the mask. And then we had the George Floyd, uh, you know, incident. Um, and I, I see this as a piece of the same thing. With George Floyd, all of a sudden, there was this you know, mass condemnation of of police and mass condemnation of white people and mass condemnation, you know, this whole, this is where we, we started this whole business of uh, social justice and economic justice and then all of the uh, professional sports leagues buckled and, and the Fortune 500 companies buckled and universities and, and everybody got on board with George Floyd. I, I, I meant to mention this yesterday, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the White House website on Sunday had a statement celebrating the 50th birthday, the birth anniversary of George Floyd. The White House website, whitehouse.gov, had a statement that read in part, George Floyd should be alive. He should be celebrating his 50th birthday with his young daughter, Gianna, family and friends. He deserved so much more. Today we join his family to honor his... This is the White House. Okay? It's like we're talking about a national hero. We're talking about a secular saint. We honor his life and legacy. We remember the tragedy and injustice of his death that sparked one of the largest civil rights movements in our nation's history, really. Really. And inspired the world. 
And George Floyd's murder exposed for many what black and brown communities have long known and experienced, says the White House, that our nation has never fully lived up to its highest ideal of fair and impartial justice for all under the law. So I see it as all part of the same piece. The people that are praising Hamas and condemning Israel and expressing the most vile things about Jews and and, and about Israel are also the people that uh, had these very highfalutin and sort of sweeping ideas about race and they they condemned you know white America for George Floyd it was everyone's fault it was your fault it wasn't it wasn't a police officer it was everybody and the same thing with the pandemic you know you're you if you don't do what we tell you to do if you don't believe what we believe if you don't fall in a line you're the problem you are the problem in fact the the virus isn't even the problem you are the problem compliance obedience and the certainty that they're right it it it's it's a common theme with the pandemic with George Floyd and now with Israel and you know i i have to confess I don't know if you can tell this from listening to the show or not, but I'm not exactly immersed in pop culture. I mean, I I don't binge watch any current shows. I don't know what's on, you know, Hulu and and Disney Plus. I don't, I don't have a lot of those things. I really don't watch them. I follow the news, and I follow it partly because that's my passion and partly because it's my job. Um, I watch a lot of sports because that's what I love to do. I read a lot because that's what I love to do. I don't make myself stay up with what Taylor Swift is doing or what's happening with current music or movies or whatever. So forgive me if I if I didn't know this, but I really didn't know how much latent anti-Semitism there is in popular culture. I, it is It is surprising to me, and I'm confessing, and maybe I should have known, but I really did not know how uh, virulent and widespread this is. This isn't people saying we want peace, we pray for peace. This isn't people saying uh, let's wait and see what happened here. I'm waiting for the facts. This is this looks horrible, but I want to know more before I jump in. These are people that jumped in. I mean, this happened, this, this attack on Israel started on October 7th. These people were out October 7th, 8th, 9th. They weren't waiting for facts. This wasn't fact-finding. And um, it's easy to do from a distance. You know, it's, it's almost like what other countries were saying about us on 9-11. On 9-11, in other places, they were from the comfort and security of distance they were saying this about us. Well, their chickens have come home to roost. But again, it's, there's an interesting kind of confidence and certainty, and it's the certainty of people that, that aren't thinking but are just emoting and reacting, and not people that have been taught to critically think, like, well, wait a minute, why would Israel, at a moment when it is in need of international support, why would they do something as, as wicked as bomb a hospital? No, they're not thinking. So we're going to talk about that. 210-599-5555. 
I, I want to play this for you. This was an ABC reporter. I don't know. I don't know his name, but he's talking to. He's covering Israel, and he's talking to an IDF soldier, and he asks about because um, we're all waiting to see what Israel is going to do next, and are they going to go in with a ground force? And um, he asks about uh, have have you weighed the price of of a military response? Listen to what he. Listen to the question and the answer. Cut number three. There are those voices there across this region and elsewhere who say the price of military action is too great, that too many civilians are now dying, too many Palestinians are already dying. We're in a full war here, and the responsibility isn't on us. You should take that question straight back to Hamas. We are here because we have no other choice. Yeah, we have no other choice. When you're right in it, that's how it looks. When you're over here on the uh, IV-covered campuses of our universities with the government uh, forgiving your student loan debt, it's I guess it's different. I guess it's easy to go with the crowd. Everybody's streaming out of the dorm to the demonstration, so you go. The other thing that's happening today, so we're going to talk about that, is Jim Jordan didn't make it. He, 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 didn't, he didn't get the speakership. Uh, he was pretty pretty short. I think it was 20-something uh, votes that he did not have uh, to be the, the speaker. The Democratic leader of the House, Hakeem Jeffries, got all 212 uh, Democratic votes. So right now, it's more likely that the Democrat, Hakeem Jeffries, will be the next speaker of the House than it is that Jim Jordan will be. Here's what's crazy. Um, the people that didn't vote for Jordan, some of them voted for Steve Scalise, who, remember, withdrew. But Steve Scalise voted for Jim Jordan. Is this about principle or personality? People will tell you it's about principle. And a lot of talk show hosts are are giving speeches about this, and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Unless they're members of Congress and they're in these closed-door meetings. They don't know. They're just guessing. They're reading stuff off the same websites I see, but they express it like they're sure of it. And I'm going to be honest with you and say, I don't know what the hell's going on. Okay? Um but I, I have my suspicions that, that there's more there's more personality here than principle, and there's also more money here than principle. Like I don't doubt, I don't doubt that there are people whose real agenda is funding Ukraine or taking care of Raytheon or Northrop or Boeing or whoever in the military industrial complex or Big Pharma and that whole complex. I, I'm I'm pretty sure this is about money and power and personality and hurt feelings than it is about principle because, you know, there's a big difference between Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan when it comes to being a true blue, dyed-in-the-wool, fighting-in-the-trenches conservative. If you can't vote for Jordan and you're like, I'm a real conservative, but I can't get behind him, uh, what the hell are you talking about? All right, so we're going we're gonna to kick that around a little bit with Ed Morrissey. From hotair.com. Brigitte Gabriel is going to join us. These are the two big stories today. We're on them. Your calls as part of it at 210 599 5555 right here on KTSA. Hey, Stray Ware, I've got the latest on what you need to know tomorrow morning starting at 5 on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Okay, okay, okay. 425 on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Let me bring in here on our KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker line. Ed Morrissey, who blogs at hotair.com. And, Ed, it's a busy day, and I appreciate your making time for us. Somebody made a point to me this morning I thought was really smart. Said, you know, both political parties in this country right now have a civil war going on. 
Uh, the Republicans are fighting over Speaker of the House. The Democrats are basically split over anti-Semitism. And the press is playing up the Republican Civil War like it's the end of the world. And they're smothering and covering over what is really a deep division about anti-Semitism among the Democrats. It's true. Well, I think it is true. The difference, of, of course, is that this is in the context of having a House that isn't operating at the moment. If there was a speaker, you know, if, if they had elected a speaker and they were still having some infighting, you know, the press would still cover the infighting. But the fact that they can't elect a speaker with a, with a House majority makes it a lot more acute in that sense, right? It gives well, don't they? I mean, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to interrupt you, but, I mean, there is a speaker pro tem, right? There's a guy that has the job and is holding it till they elect one. Is, is, why do we keep saying there isn't one? Because there isn't one. The speaker pro tem doesn't have the ability to – the only thing that a speaker pro tem can move is the speaker vote. It's the only, it's the only business that he can conduct. They would have to rewrite the rules. Uh, in order to allow the speaker pro tem to move mm-hmm. any other okay kind of i didn't realize that so he 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 it's just a title he doesn't have any power the only power he has is to is to preside over a speaker election in the case of an empty speaker seat which is okay. what he's doing i know there there has been some discussion between democrats and i guess some moderate republicans to either invest him with more authority so that they can move some of the legislation like a temporary grant like six weeks or something like that so they can move some of the things that are uh, on the docket here of spending bills and whatever's, uh, whatever they want to do in terms of the uh, Gaza-Israel war. Uh, but that's probably not going to be very popular among um, the conservative Republicans because they don't want the Democrats having that kind of leverage. Yeah. And so it's going to stall. That will probably stall out just the way everything else is stalling out at the moment. And I mean, it's a real mess. It's kind of, um, I noticed that uh, there were some people voting for Steve Scalise who withdrew, but Scalise came out and said, I voted for Jordan. Yeah, well, I mean, you could see it. He voted, he voted for him in the open because they were doing it wrong. So what, what, is the, what, what is the point of voting for him if he's voting for the other guy? Because they if you're with him, why don't you do what he's doing? Well, I mean, you could make the same argument about McCarthy. Both Scalise and Jordan supported McCarthy yeah. in that motion to vacate. I so mean, what is this, this really? Is really I, I said earlier, and I, I don't mean to sound like a cynic, I, I really don't think this is about principle. I think this is about personality and money and following money and people that want to fund yep. Ukraine or they're in the pocket of one lobby or another. I don't, I don't feel like this is about principle because if your concern was that the House did not have sufficiently or credible conservative leadership, what is wrong with Jim Jordan? People, uh, people out here love Jim Jordan. I like Jim Jordan. I like Steve Scalise. I like Kevin McCarthy. I mean, I don't think any of them are perfect. And I think yeah, but I mean, conservatives love Jordan a lot more than they loved McCarthy. I mean, they feel well, like he's their true. guy. He's a fighter. Well, true. But, I mean, some of the people who are objecting to Jordan are not the Freedom Caucus uh, Republicans. And more to the point, they're still angry over what happened with McCarthy, who was their guy, and who mm. had the support of, you mm. know, 200 and, what was it, 200 and... 13 members of the caucus. He had 213 members on that um, right. motion to vacate. He's and, the guy that got um, closest. He's got. He's still the guy that's got closest because yeah. Jim Jordan, yeah. they've done one vote so far today, and he got 200 votes, and that was it. Yeah. 21 yeah. votes shy. Where's this going? You know, I had kind of a semi-tongue-in-cheek post that went up suggesting that maybe you should draft my <laughs> I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, tell, tell us your idea because this is going to go over big with my audience. They're going to they're going to love this idea, Ed. I, you know I love you, but 
This is not going to endear you to our audience. Go ahead and tell them what your well, idea is. To be fair, it didn't endear me to the hot air commenters either who pay for that privilege, I might point yeah. out. Uh, they've, been, they've been pretty nice about it, but they, they, were, they, they didn't have a very high opinion of that particular idea. But, I mean, honestly, it's probably going to come down to finding somebody outside the caucus now because the politics are so poisoned inside the caucus. The, the whole Matt Gates meltdown mm-hmm. thing has just really made it impossible, I think, for anybody who's in the caucus to get to 218. And, and so uh, your outsider of, is? Well, my outsider was Mike Pence, you know, in, in this post. And I thought that it would do two things. One is it would give Mike Pence an opportunity to go out doing something significant for his party. And two, it would get him out of the presidential race, uh, mm. <laughs> which would be kind of nice. Uh, but, the, uh, but, you know, anybody who's got some sort of, you know, ominous grease type of um, standing in the Republican Party, I mean, you could probably even – Think about maybe Newt Gingrich coming back and doing it mm. for a year and a, a couple of months. I like I that mean, better. I like can, that better. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, Gingrich would probably do it. I don't think Mike Pence would do it, but Gingrich might. No. So you know, no. somebody like that, or um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of if you know somebody floated the idea of George Bush, and George Bush is not going to do it. He was a president. No. He was never in Congress. But somebody who'd been in Congress, I'm trying to think of anybody who really qualifies, because the problem is, is that nobody leaves. Right? I mean, That's true. Nobody leaves. You know, somebody floated John Boehner, and John Boehner is less popular than Kevin no. McCarthy, so that's no, not going to happen either. But... Horrendous idea. Yeah, no. We don't, we yeah. don't want to go back. The, the, except for Gingrich, there's, there's, there are no former Republican speakers people are uh, sentimental or, about. Or, just even, or even just, you know, office holders, former Republican office holders of right. some national stature. Uh, right. You know, I mean, you could think think of old senators. Maybe you get Rick Santorum to come back and do it for a little bit. Um, he's kind of a Trump-friendly kind of guy. Um, it was kind of into that whole populist uh, thing before Trump was there. And you're know, pushing me back toward Santorum Pence now with these names. <laughs> um. But, I mean, that's the type of thing I'm talking about. It might take something like that. Gingrich yeah. would probably be a, yeah. a pretty good um, so you're, uh, choice. So bottom line, though, you think they have run out of people uh viable people that are currently in congress and and in the history of the country we've never i don't think we've ever had a speak it's 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 allowed but i don't think we've ever had a speaker who wasn't a member have we i don't believe so i don't think we've so we've never had a speaker that got we've never had a speaker that got torpedoed in a motion to vacate right. vote by his own party either where is matt so where's matt gates now by the way where where is he the guy that started all this i haven't heard from it's like he's like a missing person now yeah, he's he's been quiet since then because I think he's realizing how bad this is. Um, it, it's too bad that he didn't get quiet before this happened, or at least came up with some sort of plan uh, after after. Yeah, I I, I don't share your affection for Kevin McCarthy, but I do agree with you that there should have been a plan. There should have always been a uh, a person they where they had already counted the votes, already secured this person's commitment. They knew they were going to do it. You put him in very quickly. Um, and you you hail, you hail them as you know the 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 new and improved Speaker of the House. They've they've really done this the worst uh, possible way. We'll keep reading you at hotair.com, uh, and 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 no matter what your commenters say, we love you, Ed Morrissey. Thank you for coming on today. All right, we've got Brigitte Gabriel coming up. We're going to talk to her. We're going to talk to you. Uh, we're going to get a look at KTSa Time Saver Traffic right here. Make your smart speaker smarter. Stream us. Okay, getting smarter now. This is News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. 438 is our KTSA news time. 
before we go to your calls, I, I've been wanting to talk to Brigitte Gabriel since everything got unleashed uh, on October 7th. She's been on our show many times, the uh, chairman of Act for America, great national security analyst and commentator, a New York Times best-selling author. Her latest book is called Rise in Defense of Judeo-Christian Values and Freedom. Everything that's near and dear to Brigitte Gabriel's heart is the stuff that we care about the most and talk about the most on this show. And she's on our KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners line right now. And Brigitte, it's great to have you, and, and thank you for making time for us today. Uh, thank you, Jack. I'm delighted to be back with you. I, I have to ask you, before we get into what's happening in Israel, I, I, I have to ask you about what's happening in this country um, and your read on what we're seeing on college campuses, and not only from students for whom maybe people would say, well, they're young, they've got to learn, but even professors, tenured professors at places like Columbia, NYU, and others, uh, you know, praising the Hamas attack uh, dis- exhibiting open anti-Semitism. I mean, in this country today, Brigitte, if you say that a man can't have a baby, uh, can have a baby, you'd be fired on most uh, college campuses. You'd be c- called intolerant. But you can call Hamas awesome, like a Columbia University president did, and you're fine. Well, look, uh, you and I have talked for years about the indoctrination of our children on college campuses. There are two problems with college campuses, and I'm going to tackle your questions, starting with what's happening, how can we see all these students protesting for Palestine? We have to keep in mind that when we look at these students demonstrating on the streets, our universities are accepting thousands of foreign students who are not Americans, who are here on student visas, and most people don't realize that universities do not have a cap on how many foreign students they can accept per year. So you look at the Middle East, because of the oil wealth, there are many foundations set up in the Gulf and in Saudi Arabia who are shelling out money to students who want to come study in America from Egypt, from Syria, from Jordan, from the Palestinian territories, from Yemen, from Saudi Arabia, who are coming here, who are so pro-Palestinian or pro-Jihadist, and they are populating our universities. At the same time, they joined the Muslim Student Association on college campuses, which of course was founded by the Muslim Brotherhood. And then they start brainwashing the other students on campus, our Mm. American nitwits, who do not know even their own history, let alone Middle Eastern history. And that's how when you are seeing all these groups demonstrating on the streets, it's uh, or in front of college campuses, the majority of them are foreign students. So we need to recognize that. Um, And then to add to that, that the Saudis and the money flowing from the oil wealth in the Middle East not only is funding these students from foundations to come study at our university, these foundations are giving money directly to our universities under the Title VI program. That after World War War II, we instituted the Title VI program because we wanted to educate American children about foreign governments and foreign policies so they can, if they want to go into the State Department or the CIA, they will understand what's happening with the Mm -hmm. rest of the world. But what happened is the Saudis and the Islamists from the Gulf 
are using that loophole to funnel millions into our universities, setting up Middle East study departments and political science departments, and appointing chairs who are anti-Israel yeah. and anti-America brainwashing our students. Yeah, no, this is, you, you are right in saying that you have talked about this. You have been a voice, like a, like a you know, leading voice, tip of the spear uh, on all of this for a long time and, and on the immigration issue as well. You know, I remember, and, and I maybe have the history a little bit off, but I think in the 1930s, I remember reading this once, that in the 1930s, there was this big uh, organization called the Oxford Student Union that famously said, as war and fascism were brewing in Europe, we are not going to fight another meat grinder war and, and, and offer up our lives for, you know, king and country. That's what they said. But then a few years later, we know that the Brits... Uh, and, and the French, and of course America, did fight and did stand up uh, to Nazism. What should happen to today's young people who uh, are expressing all this? Uh, do you think this is just sort of something you should um, get some slack for because you grow out of your dumb ideas? Or do you think there needs to be real consequences? And already we see that there have been with some students saying they've had job offers retracted, right? What should happen? Ah, fantastic. These, these rotten kids need to be able to learn the hard way. Life is tough, and you've got to earn your way through life. And you do not earn your way through life by making stupid mistakes and making stupid decisions and standing proudly by them, because for every action, there is a reaction. There's a consequence. And I think the first thing our government needs to do, and by the way, Jack, we, meaning my organization, Acts for America, are working on this as I'm speaking to you on the radio right now. We are working with Congress to stop all visas, all our universities shelling out visas to these students from foreign hostile governments who are coming here. And by the way, they need to revoke also all the student visas for every radical holding a Palestinian flag, demonstrating in our universities, screaming against America. If they hate America so much, why are they studying here? They need to go back and study somewhere yeah. else. So that's yeah. one thing that needs to be done. And I encourage people to go to our website, actforamerica.org. Actforamerica.org. Sign up to receive our emails and action alerts. We are now working with members of Congress and doing an Act Now campaign to stop the acceptance of any Palestinian refugees coming into the country. Now is the time to put the pressure on our elected officials because, as you know, Jack, uh, the Democrats right now are, are, are just going beside themselves. They want to bring yes. uh, Palestinian refugees into the United States as if we need more. Which is so, incredible when you look at all. All these Arab countries that are right there and have been bemoaning the plight of the Palestinian people, as they call them. But now in this hour, like our sanctuary cities in this country, now all of a sudden those Arab countries are turning their back. They're saying we don't want them. Exactly. Jordan doesn't want them. Look, King Abdullah of Jordan came out and said, absolutely no. He said, we have a red line. We're not taking any Palestinians. Egypt said the same thing. Uh, Syria doesn't want them. Nobody 
Nobody wants them. Saudi Arabia doesn't want them. Look at the massive land that they have. And yeah. they do not want them. Why? Because the Palestinians are trouble. Look what they did to Lebanon, my country of birth. Lebanon went from being Paris of the Middle East to being basically a terrorist hellhole uh, controlled by Hezbollah and funded by Iran. Because Lebanon was the only country to accept the third wave of Palestinian refugees after King Hussein kicked them out in black September in 1975, and Lebanon was the only country that accepted them. He kicked them out. He literally bulldozed 30,000 mm -hmm. of them because of mm -hmm. what they tried to do in Jordan. So that's yep. exactly why the Arab countries do not want to have anything to do with them, because they take problems with them no matter where they go. Yeah, no, well said. Uh, Brigitte, I hope you'll come back soon. We'll, we have a lot more we can talk about. The website is actforamerica.org. The book is Rise in Defense of Judeo-Christian Values and Freedom. Brigitte Gabriel, thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you, Jack. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You as well. We're going to go to your calls. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. This is our poll question, in fact, today on the JR poll. Uh, are you a yes or no for letting Palestinian refugees into the U.S. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to tell you what both sides are saying, and we're going to talk about the whole thing with the speakership as well. Uh, 210-599-55. I love her energy, by the way. I wish I could I could drink coffee right out of the pot. I wouldn't sound like that. I just Every time we have her on, she's like on fire. Love that. 210-599-5555. Your calls. We get a look at KTSA Time Saver Traffic. And you know, speaking of enthusiasm and excitement and energy, uh, when I talk to Giovanni Murata, and I've known him since he started his company, this is a guy that's built his company into something very successful. It's It started out with just him and a couple of guys, and if you hired him to work on your house, I mean, he showed up like with the ladder on the roof of his car. You know, it was that small. He's built this company to where he has designers and um, a whole cabinet manufacturing uh, operation here in town to build all the solid wood cabinets. They have a countertop manufacturing uh, facility. This is all state-of-the-art stuff. Big company uh, to do kitchen and bathroom remodels, but still, but still. He is always involved in every remodel, and you meet him, the owner of the company, when you go into the showroom, and he has his eyes on your project. So other companies might have somebody's name on the truck, but you've got a real person who's on your case, on your project, um, and make sure that it stays on budget and on time when you remodel a kitchen or bathroom. Kitchen Designs by Giovanni. That's kitchendesignsbygiovanni.com or 210-460-0113. Today's JR poll at KTSA.com is powered by River City Oral Surgery. Always just minutes away from the latest news around town. Stay connected with San Antonio on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right, your turn, 210-599-5555 as we follow these two big stories today. Uh, Israel Hamas, the hospital, plus the uh, failed uh, vote for Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House and where that's going, and uh, Esteban on KTSA. Esteban, welcome. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I find it very ironic that those who are supporting Hamas are at, Hamas after like the officer that killed George Floyd. Hamas, anytime you disagree with them, they want to kill you. And so, you know, they're supposedly protesting for civil liberties when they're against Israel. But Hamas is the one that's shouting death to Israel. 
And I have a friend who lives on the east side. He ain't. He definitely ain't white. And all this be nice to criminals thing. It ain't the rich white folk who are do- yeah. who protested about George Floyd that are hurting. And so he he's an African American. He made a smile comment. We need to have National Felons Day, and I made a comment about our DA, and he laughed because the crowd that's supposedly support supporting human rights by attacking Israel is actually attacking human rights and is acting like the cop yeah. that choked George Floyd to death. Well, I just think if you made a Venn diagram, uh, I bet you would find that there's a, a lot of people who were uh, mask fanatics during the pandemic defund the police, uh, down with white people after George Floyd, and now death to Israel, and uh, we, we, you know, we're, we're pulling for Hamas. I mean, the, 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 the certainty of these people and the fact that they are so wrong on all three of these things, I mean, this isn't like you disagree on uh, what the tax rate should be or, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we're, not, we're not looking at, like, um, traditional garden-variety political differences, uh, or I think we should have this policy on the border, and you think you should have that policy. The, the, these people are, like, dangerously, um, life-threateningly wrong. And um, there is a certainty to their idiocy. They're not, they're not wrestling with it. They're not conflicted by it. They're not expressing it in nuanced ways, right? It was the same thing with the pandemic, right? I mean, it was all black and white. Everything was everything was uh, Fauci's God and follow the science and put your masks on and all that stuff. Um, George Floyd's a national hero. The White House says he's, he's the greatest civil rights leader of our time. I mean, you know, th- this is, these aren't people you're going to be able to like work it out with or meet them halfway. 210-599-5555. Now, the question we're asking you is, are you a yes or a no on letting Palestinians, uh, Palestinian refugees, people fleeing the war, uh, into this country? Unless we make some sort of deal where we give these arrows, and, and, and I suspect, by the way, that Joe Biden and his trip is about giving away a lot of money. I have the feeling that if you watch the, the M.O. of the Biden administration, they're going to try to buy their way out of this, probably by bribing some country over there to take Palestinians. Uh, and they're probably going to dangle some carrots in front of the Israelis, too. And I, I just based on how we've seen the Bidens do business, this isn't going to be about principle or I know he said some some, um, you know, uh, sort of high-toned things lately about we stand with Israel and we stand for democracy and so forth. But, you know, we know how he does business. Money talks and everything else walks. So I have a feeling that Air Force One's loaded with cash, figuratively speaking, and um, the plan is to buy off some country to take people out of Gaza. Barring that, should they be coming or any of them be coming here? This is what... um, Ron DeSantis said about it. Um, I want to play this uh, cut number seven. Listen to this. Position is very clear. It's the first presidential candidate to say, no Gaza refugees, period. We're just not going to do it. And why? Because we don't want to import the pathologies from the Gaza Strip and other places in the Middle East 
to the United States of America. They are taught to hate Jews. They are taught that Israel has no right to exist. The textbooks that they use don't even have Israel on the map at all. And so this is just endemic to their culture. It's a really toxic culture that's developed. So there's no reason to be importing that into the United States. And the idea that we can kind of separate like a terrorist from some, someone that may be a freedom lover, that just doesn't work. Uh, so, so we will not do that uh, when I'm president. Now, he's very definite about that. Um, I don't think there's any of the presidential candidates that are that are actually saying, yeah, let's bring him over. But some of them sound kind of open to it. Like Nikki Haley uh, said on Sunday that what she learned from being ambassador to the U.N. under uh, Trump is that uh, a lot of uh, Gazans don't like Hamas. They they hate Hamas. They fear Hamas. Uh, and they're oppressed by Hamas. I've read this too. I've heard this. I've read it. I, I've not been there. I, I, I don't know this in a personal way. I have read this theory that uh, they too uh, fear and hate Hamas, some of them. And so her point is you can make a distinction between people that w- would be would be fine to have over here and they're, they're, they're suffering over there and not let the terrorists in. That's what she's saying. Uh, what do you think about that? We're going to kick that around. That's our JR poll. Uh, your calls on that. Phone lines are open right now, 210-599-5555 after the news. 507 on KTSA. Today's JR poll question powered by River City Oral Surgery. Are you a yes or a no on letting any Palestinian refugees into the United States? There will be people trying to get out of the war zone. There's already talk about trying to create, like, safe zones. But this is a tiny little area. I don't know how you could, you know, I don't really know how you could protect uh, people that don't want any part of this and don't want to get hit by either side. It's it's a confined area. You're up against the ocean, uh, the sea, Mediterranean Sea. You're you're also talking about... um, a, a, a group of really uh, sort of base, bloodthirsty terrorists who will, if you were to create a, a, a zone, like a civilians-only zone, you know they'd take advantage of that or they'd, they'd embed weaponry or arsenals or something in there. So um, the, the the logical thing people are saying is, well, we, we got to get them out of there. we got to get the civilians out of there. There's going to be a war get the non-combatants out of there. Nikki Haley says in her time as U.N. ambassador, U.S. ambassador to the U.N., uh, she found that um, a lot of uh, Palestinians despised Hamas and wanted to be free and didn't vote for them. But Ron DeSantis said, look, uh, they may not all be Hamas, but we don't want any of them here. This is a population, he said, that are taught to hate Jews that don't acknowledge Israel, and we can't have that um, mindset coming into this country. We'd have even more anti-Semitism, more anti-Americanism. So what do you think about that? 210-599-5555. And look, I'm, I'm the grandchild of, of uh, immigrants, and I, I'm from people who, when it was discussed back in the 1800s and early 1900s, the knock on Italians was there's a lot of anarchists and socialists and commies 
and you're bringing that over to uh, this country. Same thing was said about a lot of the Irish and said about the Germans. And, um, of course, the experience America had with immigration was that the vast majority, there were some commies and some anarchists and some bomb throwers and stuff, but the, the vast majority of the people were productive and wanted to be here. And the reason for that is not luck. There was a plan. There was a, a philosophy of assimilation that every, in, in every aspect of life, I mean, it wasn't just a government policy. It was schools and, and society and the entertainment uh, industry and movies and everything sort of acted in concert to create this idea that if you come here, you have to join. You know, you have to, you have to sign up. And, and if you sign up, we're good with that. But now we don't have that confidence. We don't project that confidence that we are a civilization people ought to join, that our flag ought to be revered, that our founding principles ought to be revered. So now without that confidence, without projecting that, we allow people to come to this country, enjoy all the fruits of this country, but keep on believing in whatever they believed before, and that's destructive and dangerous. So that's why you wouldn't, you, you can't apply the experience of the past to letting people into the country today. Question is, where are you on this question, on this issue? 210-599-5555. Rudy is on 550 and 107.1 KTSA, the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Rudy. Hey, Jack. It's uh, good to hear from you. Uh, my view is, is like this, uh, kind of like what you were just talking about, assimilation. Uh, I'm from, from immigration, or I'm an immigrant. My family are immigrants. I'm first-generation American. Uh, my my family came here uh, for a better life. They came here legally. Uh, they they totally wanted to assimilate. They raised us as patriot Americans. Uh, my family came from Mexico, and it's not that they turned their back completely on their culture on Mexico, but they joined this country, and because of that, uh, they prized this country. They were willing to give everything for this country. Uh, I'm a veteran, and my family were extremely proud, even though I was injured when I was in the military uh, through my service. And, you know, I don't think we're going to get that with these guys, with the Palestinians. Uh, I think we have to be careful. We're, we're basically setting ourselves up to do the same thing that Israel is facing right now by bringing people who don't like us, who really hate us, that just want to take advantage of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and I so consider you... myself American above all things. Right. So you're looking at this and you're saying we will not have the experience that we've had historically with refugees and immigrants. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. correct. And I think that's uh, I, I think I think you're right Rudy and I think it's not only the the people we're talking about but it's us. We're different. Uh we're not we don't have the con- we we do not believe and you can think what you want about this and you can snark at it if you want and and there are people that think this is a very populist sort of unsophisticated thing to say but i'll say it uh americans of the late 19th and early 20th century believed they had um arrived at and um achieved uh a society a culture that was so elevated that you were lucky to even have a chance at joining it. And you were going to have to prove you belonged here. 
We weren't going to say you had a right to come here. We were going to say, let's see what you do. And you've heard this story a million times, and it may have been in your own family, but I know I heard my dad talking about how his parents would admonish him and his sisters and his brother to speak English, not Italian, and to be Americans. Now, these are not people that were ashamed of their culture or their food or their language, not at all. But they understood that they were they had a they had one chance to prove that they could contribute to this and belonged here. They didn't act like or feel like they had a right or were entitled or America's so rich it ought to let us in. They didn't have any of that. So he he and his siblings were always told speak English, speak it well, do well in school, stay out of trouble. Um and and we don't have that con- we don't project that anymore. We don't have that confidence anymore. We don't that's not what we're saying now. So when we let people in now, surprise not to, to no surprise at all, they don't have that that purpose that we're going to show that we uh you know can contribute. Now, I'm not saying nobody does. I'm saying there's no pressure to do it. Uh Michael is on KTSA as we ask you the question or yes or no on Palestinian refugees. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for taking my call. I mean, I, if, if they let them come over, you know, whatever. If they don't, then whatever also. The way I'm thinking about it, they're going to make their way over here anyway, just like all the 88 other countries that people come over here and they're not really legal to come over, but they come over anyway. So, I mean, they're making a big fuss to let them come over or not. I, I don't think it's going to be an issue. They oh, you'll come, say they'll, be here, they'll be here one way or the other. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, know, it's... It, all these other... Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. No, I'm just saying, uh, all these other countries, they, they, they're not legally uh, allowed in, but they come in anyway, mm-hmm. and what do they do to them? Nothing. Right. You know, they process them at the border and send them on their way right. and say, here, uh, call me back, and we'll let you know the status of it, and... <laughs> About 100% almost don't even call back and that's into right. that. So they'll just be, they'll be filtered in with the other 80-something countries of illegals right. that are coming in anyway. So, you know, what the heck? That's, that's the way I think about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I saw some numbers. We're only a few weeks into the fiscal year, and, and I saw some numbers, and I don't know if I read this right or not, but it was, it was nationalities of uh, people who were stopped at the border and again, we're only like, I think the fiscal year started 1st of October. Today's the, what, 17th. So not even three weeks. They already had over 2,000 Chinese nationals at the border, at the, Me- at the Mexican border. So Michael's point is, we're not even making this decision. This decision will be made uh, for us uh, or won't be a decision uh, what do you think? Are you a yes or no on so-called Palestinian refugees? We're also following uh, latest developments over there with this uh, hospital uh, catastrophe. Was it a Islamic Jihad rocket that went astray? The uh, Palestinians are saying, no, 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 Israel hit this hospital, and that should be the end of any support for Israel. So we're watching that story. We're watching the uh, drama in the U.S. House of Representatives on the Speaker's race, and we will try to get Congressman Chip Roy on the show as well with your calls and a look at KTSA, Time Saver Traffic. Now, if you have a car to sell, 
You should sell it now. Who knows what's going to happen with this economy? And obviously, in the last several months, what we do know is that used car prices have been trending downward. It just doesn't make sense to put this off or procrastinate. And it especially doesn't make sense when you've got GiveMeTheVin.com. GiveMeTheVin.com is America's fastest, easiest way to sell a car. And I think it's because all they do is bid on and buy cars, trucks, vans, work vehicles, farm vehicles, uh, RVs, anything like that uh, that you are interested in parting with. You can get paid for by going to GiveMeTheVin.com, uploading the VIN number of the vehicle and a few photos. You get an offer fast. They bring you a check right to your door, hand it to you, you hand over the keys, you close the door, you're done. You don't have to drive it anywhere, you don't have to take it anywhere. Go to GiveMeTheVin.com. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Five twenty-three on five fifty and one zero seven one KTSA. I, in asking this question about Palestinian refugees, it's a it's a it's a loaded question because, um, you can really make the argument that um, the word Palestinian is is kind of a it's kind of a non-word. Uh, Palestine is not a country. Um, there, this is sort of a grouping. Uh, term uh, for the people that are basically um, supposed to be the other state next to Israel. And um, Israel was created by international mandate after World War II as part of two states. And the other state has not taken um, or been successful uh, for a lot of reasons. And we don't have time to get into all of them here, but um, what we're talking about is uh, there seems to be a difference of opinion politically in this country about whether uh, we ought to have uh, a harbor or a, a, a place for, let's just call them non-combatant uh, people who are in the middle of this war between Israel and Hamas. Do you think yes or no to letting them into this country uh, as refugees, uh, people like Nikki Haley say, hey, they're not all terrorists. Uh, Ron DeSantis says, yeah, but there's way too many of them that have been brainwashed into anti-Semitic ideas and embrace of terrorism. We can't have more of that in this country. Uh, Gru is next on the Jack Riccardi Show on KTSA. Gru, good afternoon. Hi, glad, glad, uh, glad to have you. I want to say one thing. There used to be a state of Palestine. Well, we won't go into that so far, but as for having refugees coming to our country, I say no. For a number of reasons. One, they're taught to hate, as we talked about. They hate the Israelis, they hate the Jews. They also hate Americans. And I'll say this for a fact, because I used to live in Kuwait years ago. Now I had uh, Palestinian kids chase me down the beach, shooting their air rifles at me. Now, this hate has been propagated throughout the generation. Mm. And these were not terrorist people. There are right. people living across the street, actually. Right. <laughs> uh, so to bring them in our country probably would be a great mistake. Yeah. Also, remember, yeah. other countries have kicked them out. Great kicked them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan, yeah. Egypt out. doesn't want them, yeah. 
Houston doesn't want them either. They're nothing but trouble. I'm sure there's okay. some there. But so Gru says that would know. be a mistake to do that. Don't do it. Thank you, Gru. Uh two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Timothy's on the radio. Hi, Timothy. Hi, Jack. What's up, man? Um yeah, I just wanted to say something real quick. As a veteran, you know, I think we need to stop uh, taking care of the whole world and start focusing on our own people here. I understand that, you know, uh, what's happening over there has been going on for a long time. Uh, thousands of years have been fighting. So I just think that if you try to take in more people, it's it's just going to create more chaos here. Uh, you know, they, they have to give them time to, to assimilate into our culture. Otherwise, uh, we're going to have a lot of issues later on down the road, kind of like what we're witnessing right now. You know, I don't know. I, I don't even know if the argument should be about letting people in. Really, the argument or the discussion we need to have is what we do when people come in. Because if you don't insist on assimilation, if you don't believe that you are something people ought to join, if you tell them right off the bat, hey, we'll print ballots in your language and we'll make the road signs in your language, you can go to our schools in your language, we're telling them that we're, we're worth crap, we're worth nothing. This is, you're, you're joining a crap country that doesn't stand for anything or believe anything. No wonder that they act in a lot of these communities like squatters, mm-hmm. like they're just, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're living on the land. They're not joining uh, and, and, and becoming American. If you don't insist on it, people aren't going to do that on their own, right? I absolutely agree. And, um, yeah, I work with, like, a lot of drug addicts and people that come into the ERs, and we're just overwhelmed, man. We're, we have a lot of drugs that are destroying our, our own people, you know? So when our own people are in despair, yeah. it's going to exactly what you said. It's going to create yeah. more despair. Yeah. Timothy, appreciate your call. Thank you. Uh, Alex is on the radio. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for taking my call, Jack. Um, Brigitte Gabriel hit it, hit the nail on the head. No Arab country wants the Palestinians. Why is that? Because they don't do anything but cause trouble and want to kill people. And this this claim that, oh, yeah, but there's a lot of them that aren't terrorists. Well, no, they're not all terrorists, but they're all on board with the terrorists. They elected them. 2007, they had a choice, and they voted in terrorism. Mm. And they've gone along with it ever since. Mm. This deal that happened today with the hospital again, you you nailed it. Why would Israel, when President Biden, and I say that loosely, um, is on his way there, why would would they send rockets over and hit a hospital? They wouldn't. It makes absolutely no sense. This is how they play the game. And the next thing you're going to hear is the media start to talk about how terrible Israel is for oppressing these people again. Yep, yep. It never ends. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it is very, you're right about it being very, very predictable uh, as soon as you hear this stuff. Alex, thank you. Uh, Gary is on the Jack Riccardi Show on KTSA. Hi, Gary. Jack, I think the country needs a cooling off period where we just say no immigration for a period of time. And I know that sounds harsh, but it could be, uh, I think, a three to five year period where we just close the borders. That's it. And then we reassess who is valuable enough to become a United States citizen. 
we have we have destroyed that commodity. I, I think it's not. It's, only, I, I don't think it's harsh at all. I, I to me that makes perfect sense. I mean, we have not decided amongst ourselves even what it means to immigrate. Does it mean that you are assimilating, or does it mean that oh no 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 we don't want you to change you you know stay the way you are? I mean that's a huge decision you have to make because if you want to have the experience we used to have with immigration, you have to have assimilation. If you want to have the experience, say that Europe is having right now, where they're scared out of their minds because they've let massive numbers of people who hate the countries that contain them. Um, and outnumber are starting to outnumber their own people in their big cities and overwhelm their police, as we saw in London this weekend. I mean, you're right. I mean, we have a decision we have to make about ourselves before we can make decisions about people from other countries. So I think we should have a national cooling off period. Someone should call for it, and it should become a national campaign. Yeah, I don't think that's a harsh say, idea at all. We don't want it. We don't Maybe that's want why it I'm not for a, now. Maybe that's why you and I are not uh, candidates for pl- public office, but uh, it actually does make sense, Gary, what you're saying. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to update KTSA, Time Saver Traffic. More of your calls coming up. Uh, we're watching what's going on with the House. Uh, it doesn't look like Jordan's going to make it uh, with votes for Speaker, but there will be more votes, we are told, and we'll try to get Chip Roy in on this as well as we continue our breaking news coverage here on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Holidays are right around the corner, and you probably want your house to look its best whether you're having people visit you from out of town or you're just going to have people in and out of the house. New flooring can do that, and Green Carpet Company can help you get that done before Christmas time. Let's say you want to make that living room really stand out. Get rid of that tired carpet. Put down something like laminate or luxury vinyl plank or wood. They have it all at Green Carpet Company. They have every kind of flooring. They're in stock. They do free estimates. And so with all of those things going for you, you don't have to worry or wonder if you can do this before Christmas. You need to talk to Green Carpet Company at I-35 and Walsham on Four Winds Drive, I-35 and Walsham. By the way, their luxury vinyl plank uh, is the best and has the best warranty, 10 years for commercial, lifetime warranty for your home with LVP from Green Carpet Company. I-35 and Walsham behind Buffalo Wild Wings for Green Carpet Company. At home, anywhere, in the car, anytime, anytime, everywhere. Get the Jack Riccardi Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. President Biden heading for the Middle East. He's uh, going to meet with uh, Netanyahu in Israel. He's supposed to meet with um, some other Arab leaders, the president of Egypt and uh, the Palestinian president. But Abbas, the uh, Palestinian president, has now canceled uh, the meeting with Biden, giving as the pretext for that the alleged Israeli airstrike on the hospital. Uh, Israel is saying that that was an Islamic Jihad rocket that misfired and landed on the hospital. They did not aim at and say they don't aim at uh, hospitals. Um, Obviously, what we know of their technology is it's much more accurate. uh, And what we can surmise about their motives is it would be pretty stupid to attack a hospital right at a time when you're uh, angling for sympathy and support in the, you know, in the world and in the, I guess you'd say in the court of public opinion. So I guess, I guess without any evidence one way or the other, I would just 
asked the question, um, the the Palestinian rocket misfiring sounds very plausible. There's ample precedent for that. The idea that Israel would just randomly decide to take out uh, a hospital doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that, obviously. Uh, 210-599-5555. We'll uh, see if we can get Chip Roy at some point to talk about what's going on with the vote in the House for Speaker. And on the JR poll, powered by River City Oral Surgery, uh, are you a yes or a no on letting Palestinians, uh, Palestinian refugees into the U.S.? Um, this is going to come up at some point. And um, I don't think she has said she's in favor of it, like affirmatively. But Nikki Haley, for example, has said, well, you know, they're not all terrorists. And those people are victims of Hamas, too, many of them. Uh, in response, Ron DeSantis is saying, no way. I mean, we can't let people in who have been trained, taught, brainwashed to be anti-Semitic and um, hate America. This is in part what he had to say about it on Sunday, cut number seven. My position is very clear. As the first presidential candidate say, no Gaza refugees, period. We're just not going to do it. And why? Because we don't want to import the pathologies from the Gaza Strip and other places in the Middle East to the United States of America. They are taught to hate Jews. They are taught that Israel has no right to exist. The textbooks that they use don't even have Israel on the map at all. And so this is just endemic to their culture. It's a really toxic culture that's developed. So there's no reason to be importing that into the United States. And the idea that we can kind of separate like a terrorist from some, someone that may be a freedom lover, that just doesn't work. Uh, so, so we will not do that uh, when I'm president. We, I agree with Governor DeSantis, but I have to say this. We already have that culture. We wouldn't be importing it. We'd be adding to it. Because if you look at the, at the modern left, if you look at these campuses, if you look at the George Floyd protests, if you look at the, the weird sort of uh, fetish attachment to authority during the pandemic, all those, all those people that were like, like having a, almost an erotic fetish over Fauci and their masks, and you can't pry that mask off their face. I mean, they'll, they'll fight for that mask harder than they'll fight for any of our actual rights or your rights or my rights. I would say to Ron DeSantis, um, that culture's already here. And I, I agree that we, we don't want to augment it, but we already have it. Um, and apparently, we have way more anti-Semitism than I, I had any idea we had. I, I will plead ignorance or naivete on that. Um, but it looks to me like at the first little, as soon as we scratched the surface with the events of October 7th, uh, we discovered a whole lot of people that really, really hate Israel and are perfectly willing, even though you're supposed to be able to, I remember years ago, the, the, I guess you'd say the distinction used to be made. Well, I, disagreeing with the government of Israel or their policies doesn't make me an anti-Semite. Okay, that's true. But then if you're at a protest and people are like waving swastikas and you're expressing um, support for uh, babies being cut out of their mother's wombs and kids being murdered in front of their parents and old ladies being dragged out of their house by their hair, uh, guess what? You're an anti-Semite, okay? You're not, 
you're not having a disagreement with Israel about their policies. I mean, no, no, no policy disagreement explains where you're standing if you're standing with this uh, with this crowd. So that's that's apparently been there. We we apparently have that toxic culture uh, in full uh, bloom uh, in this country uh, already. Uh, Miguel is on the radio on the Jack Riccardi show. Hi, Miguel. Hi. I'm saying, so Miguel, are you a yes no, or no about we, letting the refugees in? I'm what do you think a, about that? I'm a that? no. I'm a no. I, 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 I'm calling because I heard that other veteran call in, and I know he's been around, and I've been around the world too. And I've seen a lot of things in my life that I probably shouldn't have seen and experienced some things. And I've seen a lot of hatred towards Americans just because we're Americans. And and if those people hate Americans and they hate Jews and and they're being raised like that, I told my mom back in 1984, those people are going to be over here hating us sooner mm. or later. Yeah. I just yeah. I'm against it. I think we should just leave them, let them take care of their own businesses, and and whatever they got going on. And we're going to end up in a war. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we're going to end up in that war anyway? Do you do you predict that from your experience? Well, let me just say that they said there was going to be no boots on the ground, our mm. boots. I turned around and said, we're already there. Yeah, well, not only we're that, but every time, every time a politician says that, it's almost like it means the opposite, you know? I, 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 I just don't, I don't understand why people hate God created us all in his own image and why we have to hate each other like that. I don't understand it. I just can't yeah. understand it. Yeah. But I am a no. I am a no. Thank Let you, it Miguel. go. Let them deal with it. Appreciate your call. Appreciate your service, Miguel. Thank you. Um, I mentioned him, and it's like I conjured him up. Here he is. Uh, Congressman Chip Roy is uh, joining us now live uh, on the KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line. Congressman, it's a busy day. Uh, in the house, we know that. Um, what we're, we're all just trying to scratch our head. What what in the hell is going on? Well, Jack, good to be on. And uh, yeah, first of all, let me just say, you know, prayers for our friends and allies in Israel. Prayers for those uh, in that hospital. It looks like it was terrorist rockets that most likely yes. were the culprit behind what happened in that uh, hospital. Uh, you know, this is what happens when you've got terrorists running your your country. Let's just be very clear about what's going on in Gaza. Uh, it's not Israel, and it wasn't Israel that asked to have babies beheaded right. in kibbutzes in South Israel. So I stand with Israel and be 100% clear with that, number one. Number two, uh, what's going on up here is you're seeing laid bare uh, some differences within the Republican conference about where we need to take the country. Um, and it's stated differently, differences about how we go about doing that. Um, our Democratic colleagues aren't working with us at all on any of the issues that you and the listeners to this show care about, the wide open borders, the rampant inflation, the extent to which we had, you know, uh, all these COVID mandates, the extent to which that are, you know, we've the extent to which our military is more woke than focused on being a strong uh, war machine. Um, like, look, we've got major issues we need to deal with, and we're not getting any help from our colleagues on the other side of the aisle. We're trying to hold together a bare thin majority to move forward. We've done a lot of great things this year. We passed a great border bill. We passed a great defense bill. We passed four great appropriations bills. I didn't agree with the motion to vacate. Some of your listeners probably do. Some don't. The fact is, we are where we are. And so now we're working on trying to create, uh, uh, you know, select a speaker. And we've had some disagreements. Um, we've gone through this process over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Jim was brought to the floor today. He had 200 supporters. 
He had 20 who didn't support him. Um, those 20 now have to answer to their constituents about why they don't think Jim Jordan is the right guy at this time to be able to go fight for us. Somebody who's got a track record of fighting for the American people who came here, cut cap and balance, cut spending, you know, fought alongside Ted Cruz on Obamacare, uh, helped us pass HR2 through the Judiciary Committee, has a strong record of standing up and fighting. And, you know, they're, they're frankly siding with the appropriation and spending and the big spending war machine establishment in D.C. Some people here don't want to change things. Some people here are much more comfortable with the status quo. We're moving in the right direction, but we still have differences, and they're still laid bare for the American people yeah. to see. And I'm going to stick with Jim. I'm going to keep fighting, because that's what my constituents sent me to do. So that was my next, that was my and, next uh, question. I mean, uh, do, are there going to be multiple attempts to make Jordan the speaker? Uh, is he is he in this to stay? What's the what's the outlook? My current belief is that he's in it to stay. I would encourage him to be in it to stay. That's where Kevin McCarthy was last year. I mean, I'll tell you the difference though. Those of us who were pushing for changes, we fought and won important changes that frankly made us a better conference for the first nine months of this year, giving us more voices at the table, more voices in the appropriators room, more voices right. in the room with respect to the rules committee. I don't know what these guys are doing other than being sitting around being pissed off and whining about it, right? I mean. You got, oh, you know, Matt Gates filed a motion to vacate. Yeah, I know. I disagree. I wish I was right now fighting Democrats instead of doing this. But he did it. So here we sit. So we're trying to fundamentally change things. They don't want to change it. And that's really what's going on. With all due respect, I've got some friends in that 20. They like to spend money. That's what appropriators do. And you know what? Seven of the 20 are appropriators. Four of the 20 are on the House Armed Services Committee. And it's a large block of people who don't want to see fundamental change, and we're trying to change the town. So I hope Jim stays the course. Look, he could gain votes tomorrow. He could bleed a few votes tomorrow. Uh, mm -hmm. But we got to keep moving forward and seeing what we can do to select. I, I will say from Jim. this from yeah. this standpoint, from this end of things, just listening to our callers, Jim Jordan is the the best name you guys have come up with. I mean, there's the most support for him. People recognize, as you just said. He he fights. He's feisty. He's relentless in those you know those committee meetings that he chairs are epic. Um, so he is the right guy for you guys to fight for. But then when we look and we see like some of your members voted for Scalise, yet Scalise voted for Jordan, we're we're trying to figure out. I mean, if this is about principle, how can these loyalties shift around so much? It looks like it's yeah, just well, all deal making. First of all, let's remember, Jim is the most popular Republican in our conference, I believe. He uh, polls close to 50 uh, favorable, 15 unfavorable. Compare that to Mitch McConnell at 43-43. Right. Right. Compare that even to Kevin McCarthy at 50-29. to 29. Jim has extraordinary favorables versus unfavorables. Yeah. People yeah. see him as not just a fighter, but as someone who's a nice guy that gets along and brings people together. Look, no one in the conference dislikes Jim. What you've got are 20 people who frankly are uh, crying over spilled milk. They're mad about the motion to vacate. They're mad that uh, their fiefdoms and their spending uh, appropriations you know, kingdom is being challenged, and, and they don't want to see change. Jim is a change agent. He is not the status quo. And to answer your question, some of these guys are not – it's not about like, oh, well, Steve supports Jim, so I should support Jim. They just want to protest vote. So they're protesting voting with Kevin. They're protest voting with Steve. A lot of us are asking, well, what do you want? They're like, well, you know, everything's different now. We're just not going to support Jim. Uh, you know, you guys aren't going with the majority uh, choice of the, of the body. I'm like, well, we are right now. Jim's the majority 
voice of the body. Like, well, you didn't do it with Kevin. It's like, well, I get it. There was a motion to vacate. So here we are. So it's a kind of an endless do loop that we're trying to break. We're winning, but you know, it's just being laid bare before the American people to see. Is there um, any, there's been discussion or rumors about people outside the caucus. Is there any way you could see that happening where you, you guys would have to settle on someone who's not a house member? You know, it's hard. Like, so Lee Zeldin's name was brought up. One of our former colleagues, good guy right. from New York. He's yeah. conservative. And, but, Almost uh, won that Lee, governor's uh, race. Yeah, yeah, he did. He won a really good race, and it helped win some seats up there. The problem is about a quarter of our conference are just hardcore opposed to it being somebody not in the conference. So that already makes it an uphill climb. And uh, so it's hard to bring somebody in. I mean, like even like Trump or somebody, that, you know, which, by the way, that would not be a thing. But my point is, it doesn't matter how, who you are, it, there's, a, there's 20, 25, 30 percent of the conference. You're like, yeah, that's just not the way we're supposed to okay. do it. So, so I don't think that'll happen. I, look, I think Jim is the most likely candidate right now. And we've got to fight this all the way through because we've got to demonstrate that we need a change agent to actually lead. the. Like when was, when we had, when was the last time we had somebody we were just – all enthusiastic about willing to go to the mat to fight for us against Democrats. Like if you saw Jim Jordan, probably Bruce, Gingrich was the last one like that arguing with right. Arguing with Schumer, arguing with Biden, you would trust that your conservative values were being reflected, that the fact that we want to secure the border wasn't just a head pat, but was actually to try to get border security. Yeah. That we were going to cut spending. Wasn't just a head pat, but that we should actually reduce spending. Right. So, that's what we want to see. That's why I back Jim, and I'm going to do so unapologetically. And, and if these guys think they're going to wear me down, they haven't met me. No. I, I guess the, the, the flip side of it is if it takes, like you said, he may pick up some support. I, right. I worry about what you have to do. What do you have to give these people to get their support? Is it worth it? I mean, I would give nothing that isn't principled, right? If they've got a better idea to how to do a mousetrap, right? So, you know, the rules process, how we bring votes to the floor. Okay, come talk to us. I mean, we should be about making this place function better because it's been so badly broken for as long as I can remember. I mean, in my lifetime, Jack, my lifetime, I'm 51. Name legislation you're proud of out of this godforsaken body. No, no. Like, name it, right? I mean, we've spent $33 trillion we don't have, right? We've grown government beyond anywhere near its constitutional scope. We have, we're destroying the culture of the military as we speak. We are, we are pursuing wokeism over, over you know, uh, competence and doing our job, and, and that's got to end. And that's what, that's what we're – those of us who want to change this town, that's why we're here. Yeah. Well, we'll let you get back to it. Congressman, appreciate the time uh, today. Always good to have Sorry, Chip Roy late. on our show. Thank you, sir. All right. God bless. Bye. 552 is our KTSA News Time. Let's get a quick look at KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Today's JR poll at KTSA.com is powered by River City Oral Surgery. You're certainly entitled to your opinion. Opinions. My opinions matter. We listen to yours. That's what I like about talk radio. News Talk 550 KTSA. In my opinion, you guys are doing a great job. And FM 1071. Well, it's one of the lead stories at KTSA.com today. It's um, a lawsuit against the city for the abortion field trip fund that they want to set up. We're going to talk about that next hour, uh, and we'll uh, talk about what each side is saying there. 210-599-5555, always to join the show. And um, I, a lot of people, Chip Roy said it, a lot of people say it, well, uh, these members of the House uh, that are obstructing, uh, Republicans that are obstructing the election of a speaker, they'll have to answer to their voters 
You know, I'll tell you what. I, I get tired of saying this, but um, I'll say it again. Yeah, they should have to. Yeah, if you're a if you're a Republican House member and uh, you've mucked this up, yes, you should have to answer for it back home with the voters. But you won't, and I'll tell you why. Generally speaking, yeah, everybody has a dim view of Congress, and oh, they're terrible, and they're the worst ever, and they've got like 12% approval rating. But people always think it's other members. They don't think it's their member. You know, like, well, my guy's okay, but these other Republicans stink. Or, uh, you know, my congressman is reasonable, but some of these others are, and, and that's the problem. So you could be somebody that you've changed your vote five times and you've been all over the place with the speaker thing. And But I don't really believe, I'm sorry, I don't really believe there will be accountability from the voters. Um, I hope I'm wrong about that, but... In this case, I probably am not. Uh, let's catch up on all the news with Tom and then continue our conversation right after here on KTSA. Later in this hour, we're going to see how you voted on today's River City Oral Surgery JR poll, yes or no, to letting Palestinian refugees into the U.S. We're also going to hear the Jack Chat line coming up. Um, that's our always open voicemail number, 210 599 5550 where you can leave your first name, your city or town, and your comment about anything. So if you miss a topic on our show, if you don't get through but you want to get in on it, or maybe you're listening to the podcast, and that was really the original uh, thinking about it, was podcast listeners uh, want to chime in, but they're not listening live. So we, we created this phone number, 210-599-5550. We're going to see what's on the Jack Chat line uh, coming up later in this hour as well. So there's a lawsuit against the city. Over this $500,000, uh, I, I would call it abortion field trips. They would call it reproductive justice. It, the left just puts the word justice on stuff to make it sound loftier than it is. You know, Economic justice, reproductive justice. Um, this was money that the city said we will, we will pay women to have transportation and lodging in uh, blue states that will let you get abortions anytime, anywhere, anyhow, to escape the oppression of Texas abortion laws. And city council, as part of the uh, city budget, created the Reproductive Justice Fund. The lawsuit is being brought by a couple of groups that are anti-abortion groups and they're saying um, it violates the law to spend taxpayer dollars on abortion, even if you're not directly paying for the abortion. You're, you're funding the um, procurement of abortion. Now, I guess you can split hairs and say, well, it's, it's a plane ticket, it's not an abortion, or it's a hotel stay it's not an abortion uh and then the other side would say yeah but i mean if uh if you cover these other expenses you're making the abortion affordable um this is really to me why this entire thing the the creation of this fund which is abhorrent and ridiculous obviously and now the, the the lawsuit over it which we knew would happen all of this is why you can't um, 
decide abortion with court cases like Roe v. Wade tried to do. You can't just establish a right and tell everybody, shut up and accept this. This is our edict. You can't do that with something as as um, visceral as abortion, as a life and death issue. You You need a legislative state-by-state approach. That's what, to, you know, to me, when you say they killed Roe v. Wade and Dobbs is now the law of the land. No, Dobbs is not the law of the land. Dobbs said each state should make its laws. And if you want to spend money on the way Texas makes its laws, you should lobby for and argue for and persuade for different abortion laws in Texas. But right now, Texas has its laws, which are considered more restrictive than many other states. And so you don't get to work around that, okay? The, 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 the work has to be in the legislature. And really, ultimately, the work has to be in people's hearts. Because when you talk about issues that are incredibly emotional, like what Lincoln said about slavery, you can't change it with a law. You have to change people's hearts and minds. And I think both sides, the challenge with abortion is, what what have you got to say? What is your argument? What is your persuasion? And so, to me, you've, what you've got here is just sort of a cheap attempt to get around having failed at the legislative level. Well, we're just going to pay to transport people somewhere else, Okay. I find it I find it funny that a lot of these same people that think the Reproductive Justice Fund is a great idea are appalled that Abbott is bussing people out of the state. I mean, just, you know, look in the mirror, dude. Anyway, that's what I think. I I, I think um I think they're gonna lose. I think they should lose. Um I, I don't think this should be in the city budget. Um and again we can agree to disagree about abortion, but your job, if you disagree with the current law, is to change it, not to say, "Well, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're just gonna go around it." Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I think you have an absolute right, whether you're pro abortion or pro life. I think you have an absolute right to be in the streets. I think you have an absolute right to to uh, carry signs, persuade your fellow citizens, raise your voice, go to meetings. Um, lobby your lawmakers, all that's appropriate. Those are all the things I think you you can and should do if you care about this. Here's the stuff you can't do. You can't flout the duly passed laws of the people's representatives. You can't um, try to tear down the judicial system or protest outside judges' houses or intimidate justices or judges. No, that's not good. So you've got things you can do that are available to do. And you've got stuff that to me is should be beyond the pale. Everyone should condemn it. And one of the things everyone should condemn is the city spending taxpayer dollars, meaning spending my dollars and yours, to promote something that we find morally repugnant. And in a way... Setting up this fund 
is very on brand for this city council. Like, I, 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 it really shouldn't come as a surprise that they've done this. Because if you think about the way this city is changing, and particularly this sort of progressive left Portland wannabe political class that we now have, um, this is this is totally what they would do. This is totally the response they would have. Um, and yet, they don't want to do the actual work of contesting. And, you know, I would say run for the state legislature. Get elected. Propose a new law. Propose a new uh, approach to abortion. See if you can persuade people. Maybe you can. Maybe my point of view will eventually be the minority point of view. I mean, maybe it already is. I don't know. This is a workaround. Tell me what you think. 210-599-5555. Oh, you're going to love this. The Republican National Committee has chosen the next network to host the next Republican primary debate. So you remember the first one was Fox. The second one was Fox Business and Univision. Where could they go from there? Oh, they've they've got a great idea. It's going to be NBC News. It's going to be NBC News. I I guess Al Jazeera was not available. Uh, I couldn't free up time that night. Ron McDaniel's announced that October. Uh, I'm sorry that the next uh, Republican uh, debate November. Excuse me, November eighth of this year, uh, will be an NBC uh, production. Is there anyone on NBC or MSNBC that you would trust to moderate a Republican debate? I can't think of, am I I forgetting someone? I can't think of one person who would be neutral, nonpartisan, who wouldn't make it into another um, circus. I mean, just cue the calliope music. Here we go. I mean, NBC was really... I know a lot of people ran with this, but they really were in the vanguard of the Russia collusion thing. They they were really all about that. They were first on board and last to let go. Some of them haven't let go. They were very big on Kavanaugh's a rapist. Um, They're always, you know, from Morning Joe on throughout the whole day, they're very big on sort of smothering and stifling Anything negative about the Biden family business. They have a ton of people over there that um, are uh, never Trumpers and, you know, conservative in name only, Republican in name only. I mean, they, they would tell you, oh, we have tons of people from the RNC and Republicans. Yeah, look at who they are and what they're saying. You know, they've got Crystal and Nicole Wallace and... Uh, Michael Steele, and I'm probably forgetting some. I mean, I don't really know that anyone is watching these debates, and I don't think these debates are helping the Republicans. So you might say, Jack, why do you even care? It's a legit question. But boy, when I saw that they had chosen NBC, I just thought, really, that's um, it's like sabotaging yourself. I mean, leave the Democrats something to do, Republicans. You're You're doing all the work. The Democrats should be doing. You're, you're, you're taking their job away from them. And I don't know, is it time maybe for Ron DeSantis to just say, you know what, I'm not doing these debates either? Because I think a lot of interest would be bled out of them if it was just 
like Mike Pence and Tim Scott and Nikki Haley and Vivek, why don't one or two of these other people go, hey, this is ridiculous. It, it was bad. The first two were horrible. This is going to be worse. I'm not doing this. I think your poll numbers would go up. I think your poll numbers would go up more if you boycotted the NBC debate than if you said anything really cool or quotable in the debate. Like the the most popular thing you could probably do is not do the debate. Look at the guy that's not doing them. Just pointing that out. 210-599-5555. Oh, a while back we talked about um, this Canadian conservative leader who might very well be their next uh, prime minister, uh, Pierre Poiliev, I think is how you say his name. I've got something from him coming up. And we've got the Jack Chat coming up. And you can join the show, 210-599-5555, after we get a look at KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Hey, this is Sean Rima. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. What if, as a for instance, what if, as a for instance, you had a uh, bunch of um, fundamentalist religious conservatives at City Hall. I know. I know. Jack, what are you smoking? Now, let's just say, for instance, it's an alternate reality, okay? And these are, uh, you know, people with very, very um, sort of extreme religious views. And they created a taxpayer fund to send um, San Antonians out of state for... um, specialized um, religious instruction or training. Um, There would be people who would say, well, we elected them and they're doing what we want them to do, so they represent the will of the people. They're our city council. But there would also be people who would say, well, I didn't vote for them and I don't believe in that and I don't want my money going to that. And those people would be right. It's one thing when you're providing infrastructure that everyone can use and equally has access to. But when you're just putting money in the city budget to help people get abortions because you don't like the way Texas legislates them, I mean, come on, wake up, pay attention. Uh, This is being done in your name. It is being done with your money. It's not somebody else's money. These are not Zuck Bucks. This is your money. What do you think about that? 210-599. 5555. All right, he's been on our show before, and I, I want to play this for you because I really like this. Pierre Poiliev is the Canadian conservative leader who is, I think, better prepared and able to enunciate what we believe than almost any American conservative. I, I don't know that we have anybody in politics at this level. Very basic, very straightforward, no drama with this guy. He's a young guy. He's basically the opposition leader in the Canadian Parliament. He's the leader of what they call the Conservative Party in Canada. He, in the polls, looks like he's going to easily beat the current Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. And that election, I think, is coming up next year. He's at some public event. He's eating an apple, and I, I, it's just so cash the way he's doing this. He's just kind of chomping away on this apple, and this reporter is asking him a question or really challenging him. It's not really much of a question, and Poiliev is just not having any of it. Take a listen to this, um, cut number four. Um, on, the, on the topic, I mean, in terms of your sort of strategy currently, you're obviously taking the populist uh pathway um what does that mean 
<laughs> well, ap appealing appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels, I would guess. Um, I mean, what certainly, you mean certainly, you, certainly you tap, certainly you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently. Like what? Uh, left wing, you know, this and that, right wing, they, you know, I mean, it's that, that type I of ideological thing. About, I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I of people... I don't really believe in that. Okay. A lot of people would, would say that you're simply taking a page out of the Donald Trump uh, well, book. Like which people would say that? Well, I'm sure a great many Canadians, but... Like Just who? eat the apple. <laughs> I don't know who, but... Well, you're um, the one who asked the question, so yeah. how, you must know somebody. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sure there's some out there, but anyways, the, the, point of this, the point of this question is, I mean, why should, why should Canadians trust you with their vote, given, you know, not, not just the sort of ideological inclination in terms of taking the page of Donald Trump's book, but also... What are you also, talking about? What page? What page? Can you give okay. me a page? Give me the page. You keep <laughs> in, saying in terms, in terms of tur turning things quite dramatically in terms of, of Trudeau and, and the left wing and all of this, I mean, you, you, you make quite a, you know, it's, it's quite a play that you make on it. So I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, under, I don't know what your question okay. is. Okay, then forget that. Why should Canadians trust you with their vote? Common sense. Okay. common sense for for a change we're going to make common sense common in this country we don't have any common sense in the current government this is a master class in two things okay um first and i think maybe the closest we have for this is desantis you got to recognize when they go from being reporters to being activists which a lot of them do at the drop of a hat and this guy's an activist posing as a reporter, I would say, right? Maybe, maybe he really has credentials from some media outlet. But the whole thing, why are you so Trumpy, is an activist. It's not, that's not journalism. And he has no preparation. I mean, he clearly thinks that if he just baits the hook, Poiliev will bite down on it, which is the other lesson. So first, Brook no BS from activist reporters. Secondly, when confronted with the some people say, make them squirm. He just he's crunching away on that apple. He keeps asking the rep the reporter wants to just get this thing out, and Poiliev keeps saying, "Well, who's saying those things? Well, when have I ever said that?" Well, what do you mean the Trump playbook? What is it that I'm, what page of that playbook are you referring to? This is a master class. Now, he's Canadian. We don't get him. But why would this be difficult for the Republicans? And why the hell, why in the hell are the Republicans asking NBC to host their debate while Poiliev is eating the apple going, what are you talking about? You see the contrast there? And it is common sense. This doesn't require special brain power or memorizing facts and figures. Way too many politicians would try to debate this guy, would try to refute or get angry with this guy. He doesn't get angry. He's eating the apple. The apple's doing all the work. 210 599 55 55 what do you think and we'll hear the jack chat line coming up and we'll get a look at ktsa time saver traffic coming up as well here on 550 and 1071 ktsa over at river city oral surgery 
Uh, it's different on purpose. Dr. Mark Havercorn owns this practice. He built this practice, and he does things the way he thinks they should rightly be done by his patients. He wants his patients to know their price up front. He wants their patients to know that they are in the best of hands, that their surgical team is prepared to take care of them, whether it's implants or having wisdom teeth extracted. So you see all of the prices for all of their services at rivercityoms.com. You can also learn more about why they've added an MD medical anesthesiologist to their team. So this isn't a dental anesthesiologist like other places would use where you'll just be a little bit drowsy or in twilight. Uh, You are um, with a cardiac-trained anesthesiologist who could have the day before been doing a heart transplant and today is attending your procedure. Better care at better prices. That's what they do at River City Oral Surgery. Go to RiverCityOMS.com to find out more about why it's different and how it's different. RiverCityOMS.com. This half hour, we'll have the results on today's JR poll. Are you a yes or are you a no on letting Palestinian refugees into the United States? One of our callers earlier said, doesn't matter what we, what we think, people are getting in anyway, but um, we're going to talk about that. Um, and we're going to check the Jack Chat line right here. This is the basically like voicemail. So if you're listening to the podcast or you just can't call during the show for some reason, maybe because of work, uh, you can leave uh, your thoughts about anything, anytime at 210-599-5550, the Jack Chat line. Let's check it out. Hey, Jack, this is Larry from Bernie, and just want to call about the last caller who said Joe might be faking it. Reminds me of a Saturday Night Live skit with, I uh, don't remember the actor's name, playing Ronald Reagan, and he would come out and he would talk to little kids with his bumbling voice. And then behind the scenes, he was jumping all around and directing everybody, doing everything like that. Have a great day. Thank you, sir. Um, and that was, I, I, that is great, Larry. I do remember exactly that sketch. It was while Reagan was president. And, um, yeah, it was, like, it was like to show that behind the scenes, Reagan is actually not only uh, energetic and, and stuff, but that he could be kind of cruel and he's yelling at his people, come on, people, you know, get me the information. You know, he's very, like, like opposite what you see in public, because yeah, we had a we had a theory yesterday, a caller yesterday. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Liliana, if I remember correctly, who said she thinks Biden just fakes the befuddled fogginess in public, um, or words to that effect. I, it's an interesting theory. I don't, I don't think I buy it, but okay. And the theory was, well, he would fake being like all goofy and. Daffy, so that he can't ever actually be convicted of anything and sentenced to anything after he leaves office. I think there's going to be a lot of time for that. No offense, but, you know, I'm sure he needs that particular insurance policy, but whatever. Okay. Um, one of these days we'll have to find that Reagan bit and play that from Saturday Night Live. All right, let's see what's next on the Jack Chat line. Hey, Jack, this is Jim from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Regarding the trans athletes, I was wondering, you only hear about the people that started out as men and became women Mm. competing in women's sports 
are there any of the trans people that started out as women mm. and became men and wanted to compete in the men's sports? Mm. Yeah. Is that an issue that I missed or what? Thank you. Yeah, it's the offensive line of the New England Patriots. Actually, are no, I'm I'm kidding. It's a joke. I'm I'm a I'm in pain. I'm a fan that's in pain. I, I'm I'm kidding. I don't know. That's a good question. So he's saying, um, where are the trans athletes who um, started as women and transitioned to men? Because that wouldn't seem to connote any advantages. That's a good question. I don't know. There probably are some, but I don't think I've ever heard of one unless I'm forgetting. All right, next on the Jack Chat line. Hey, Jack. My name's Tom. I'm from San Antonio. You've been talking about the Palestinian thing. Uh, The reason those other countries do not want those people in is because every place they go, they cause chaos. It's like um, during the 70s, when there was a huge uh, homeless crisis camp thing in in uh, Gaza and the West Bank, there's a lot of Arab countries that invited them to come. And they went to Lebanon, and the next thing you know, there was the revolution. Lebanon was a Christian country, and... Uh, now it's not. Um, they went to Jordan and they started trying to cause problems there. And the king uh, used an iron fist and he kept them down. And uh, <laughs> if they if they caused trouble, they you know they just disappeared. But um, that's the reason why. Mm. Those countries don't want them in. Yeah. So, thank you, man. I enjoy your show. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Call the Jack Chat line, uh, 210-599-5550. It's always open. Just leave your first name, your city, and your comments. And uh, when we have them, we play them. So we'll play them next time we have them. Um, I don't think I've played this yet. I want I want you to hear this. This was the first Friday after the um, Hamas attack on Israel. Uh, this was Bill Maher on uh, Real Time, and he had a panel, and they were talking about the left and the Democrats being in support of Hamas. And um, w- one of the things people often say is that it's a fringe point of view, that, you know, it's just really very few people. But, you know, when you look at the campuses, when you look at the the sheer number of uh, members of Congress and, and, and media people. I don't know if it's necessarily just a few. Uh, and I, I said earlier on the show, I'm, I'm kind of amazed at the quantity and depth of uh, support for terrorists, uh, tacit acceptance of or even vocal support of um, anti-Semitism. Anyway, I want to play a little of what Bill Maher said um, Friday before last. Uh, Cut number one. Take a listen to this. I just want to finish with the values first because it's just amazing to me 
that the American left, so much of it, throws their lot in with people whose values I, I hope they don't share. But let's go this through. This is a good point. Listen to this. Because values and customs make a difference. Okay? And the people of Gaza, who, by the way, if the Israelis did get rid of Hamas, they'd be doing a giant favor yes. to the people of Gaza who hate Hamas too. But uh, let's just go through the list. Because Israelis rep look like us in most ways, values-wise. Maybe we're not doing it the right way. I don't know. Religious tolerance. That doesn't exist in Gaza. You're either Muslim or an infidel, and you better be a Muslim. Female freedom. Free and fair elections. Free speech. Gay rights. I see these queers for Palestine. Did you hear their sister banners. organization, Blacks for the KKK? <laughs> It's like... By the way, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gay man. I've lived in Berlin. This is a level of masochism that even I cannot comprehend. Right. <laughs> I mean... You know what? I'm going to get... Uh, uh, can I just finish my list of pedophilia? I'll put that under don't ask. Child brides and so forth. Equality of the sexes. I'll categorize that under don't make me f laugh. The, the fact that, that, you know, these people think that this is where they should be a, a, aligned with, that these are the values that you support? I think this, this past week has been a real important moment for a moral reckoning on the American left. Because there is a small, and I'm going to emphasize that, a very small but growing and extremely loud faction on the American left that has revealed itself. I don't know how to small be anymore. Okay, well, I don't... I mean, yeah. Um... I don't know who the other two dudes are, and they get off into some other things, but I'll, I'll just say this. Um, he, I mean, he's right. Uh, you are taking on contradictions of all the stuff you claim to believe in if you're supporting Hamas or, or, or apologizing for them or justifying them. I mean, I understand when people... And this has gone on for a long time. There, there, there have been Americans and there have been politicians, and we've had discussions on this show over the years that we've been on. There are times that Israel as a country, as a government, has, has policies or makes decisions that, that you could debate that are disagreeable, or you, you say, well, is that, is that conducive to peace or is that hard, too hard line or whatever? I, I think, though, that you can differ with them and stop way short of, so therefore it was necessary to butcher these villages and kill these children, and it, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I think they've got a hardline government in Israel because of the constant attacks. What kind of government do you think we would have in this country? Now, think about this seriously. Let's say that after 9-11, and, and some of us wondered if this would happen. Remember right after 9-11, remember like September 12th, 13th, 14th of that year, you thought, what if there's airplanes flying into buildings every day? Or what if there's terrorist uh, attacks every day? What if they've got something new cooked up every week or every month? What if it keeps on happening? What if it isn't one day? And if it had continued, and, and thank God it didn't, but if it had continued, down that path, in that, with that frequency. What kind of government do you think we would have today? I can tell you this. We wouldn't have Joe Biden. 
can be pretty sure of that. Uh, probably wouldn't have had Barack Obama. What do you think would have come after George Bush? Somebody much more hardline than George Bush. So that's why they have what they have. Now, again, you don't have to agree with everything they do, but that doesn't justify anti-Semitism or they should be wiped out or uh, we support Hamas. And can you not say, well, I would like them to do something different with the occupied territories or the settlements short of, oh, uh, this rage was justified or this rage was, uh, you know, understandable. No, no. And what... what uh, Bill Maher is pointing out is, does the left really believe in the other stuff they claim to believe in? I question it all the time. Like, I I think I'm probably more committed to gay rights than the left is. Because I wouldn't throw over my gay friends and family members as fast as we know the left would do. I think I'm probably, as a conservative, more committed to women's rights. Because I won't suddenly pretend I don't know what a woman is or forget the half century of effort to get women's sports up to par. You know, I I mean, say what you want about um, the American left, but if you're in their, if you're on their favorites list, if you're like um, their base or their target audience right now, that is subject to change very, very quickly. Like you're, you don't have a friend for life with these people. They changed their tune. They're changing it right now. They There was a time old enough to remember, I'm older than, than some of you listening, there was a time when the American left took a backseat to no one in defending Jews and saying never again, there should never be a Holocaust again. Look at what they've, look at how far they've drifted from that. They're not reliable partners. We're going to see how you voted on today's JR poll coming up next here on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. Uh, Maybe it's um, going to be a later dinner for you tonight, and uh, maybe you're not even relishing the idea of figuring out what's for dinner. Did you know that you can go to julianspizzeria.com and pick out what you want and have it ready by the time you get to your nearest neighborhood Julian's Italian Pizzeria and Kitchen. Very easy to do. I don't do a lot of online ordering. In fact, I do very, very little of it. But I love ordering online from Julian's. It's real deal Italian. Pizza, spaghetti and meatballs, eggplant parmesan is on point. They have salads and other things as well, subs. So it's a huge menu, and all of it is available to you to order online at julianspizzeria.com. And then just pick the location that's easiest for you to swing by, whether that's West Avenue and Bitters, Bulverde Road in 1604, or Alamo Heights. All three restaurants, dine in or to-go, see the menu, order online, julianspizzeria.com. Today's JR poll at KTSA.com is powered by River City Oral Surgery. The news, weather, traffic, and sports for your day. That's why I listen. Always on News Talk 550 KTSA. All day, every day. And FM 1071. The one hit wonder, Dion Ferris. Song called I Know, I think it was called. I think it was called I Know. How's that for a sentence? Um, all right, on the JR poll, powered by River City Oral Surgery, are you a yes or a no on admitting Palestinian refugees to the U.S.? A lot of votes. Um, 
said no. 11% said yes. And we'll have a new poll question when we get started live tomorrow at 4. You can always find the JR poll at KTSA.com. There was a story the other day that uh, Best Buy is going to discontinue selling uh, DVDs and Blu-ray discs. I think it'll be next year, but they will do away. There's, have you been in a Best Buy lately? There, there's like more and more stuff they don't sell. I'm not sure how much longer the store will be needed, but anyway, they you know because they're, they're like phasing out huge swaths of what they used to do. But anyway, they announced that they um, have determined that they should wind down their sales of DVDs and Blu-ray discs, like movies and stuff like that. Um, and I I get why that's happening. Um, by the way, they will also stop selling them on their website. It says here, this is a Fox Business News article. And I I know that, like, playing a movie off a DVD is like a very old-school thing, right? Like, if you do that, and I, I do it occasionally. I have some movies that are on DVD, and I'll admit, I mean, I just would rather plug them in when I know that's what I want to watch, like my James Bond movies. Why would I go through the steps of finding it on Netflix or finding it on Prime when I, I have the DVD? So I'm just going to plug it in. But the other thing I've been thinking about lately is, and I don't know if this will sound like tinfoil hat stuff or not, but this is what I think. When you own a movie on DVD or you own a book, a hard copy paper book, you have protection from this sort of um, airbrushing of history. You have You have protection from this we're reimagining, we're cleaning up the language, we're taking out the the stereotypical stuff or the dated references stuff. I I don't know about you, but I like to see, I don't consider myself a great art lover or anything, but I want to see the movie, the book, the painting, whatever it is, the the composition. I want to hear it or see it or experience it the way the artist created it. I can discern language that's not acceptable anymore or ways of treating people that might have been okay or might have been considered even polite 80 years ago, but now we don't do that or we don't. I'm able to handle that. I don't want it cleaned up by people that think they're my moral betters. So I I feel like it's still, like I I wouldn't start getting rid of your hard copies of things. Because I think you own, when you own a DVD, you or a book, you own the only version of that that can't be molested by fads and trends and um, cancelers and you know people that think that people that are not maybe talented enough to create a masterpiece but feel completely qualified to update it, improve it. I mean, imagine the hubris of people that can barely draw a stick figure, but I'm going to improve Walt Disney, or I'm going to improve James Bond, and it's happening. So if you don't want that, if you're not good with that, keep your DVDs, even if Best Buy's not doing that. See you back here live on the radio tomorrow at 4. Find our podcast anytime at ktsa.com.